The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Man, uh, we've been talking about uh, how you and I can, uh, you know, really manifest the, the will of God in our lives. Uh, Jesus uh, paid for all kinds of things at the cross uh, when he said it is finished, paid in full. And I believe it's, it's uh, our turn to begin to uh, manifest these things and uh, make them a reality in our lives. Amen. Jesus already paid for it. And uh, I was saying in the first service, really, that there, there are no six million ways to living the, the God life or the abundant life. Uh, there's just a handful that we have to learn and uh, apply in our lives. And when we do, man will begin to see transformation. They are not uh, a million you know, different ways for you to uh, really enjoy the kingdom lifestyle. I call it the butterfly life you know, or the higher life. We call it the butterfly life because uh, Romans 12, 2 tells us about a transformation that talks about uh, a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. Amen. Uh, it talks about a radical change of form uh, that happens. Really, the Apostle Paul says it's available and it happens when we change our thinking. If you go to Isaiah 55, it says, let the wicked man forsake his thoughts. And so the way to go into the higher life is to forsake your thoughts, forsake your ways, and start to adopt God's ways and God's thoughts, to which he says in Romans chapter number 12, verse 2, uh, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world or a system of thinking uh, that's based on, on the world system. He says, uh, be transformed, be that, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And so God wants us to taste and see uh, that he is good. He wants us to manifest all these things in our lives. And uh, the way we do it is is just allow his thoughts, his word uh, to take precedence of our thinking, of our you know, thoughts. And when we do that, we can change our lives, literally move your life from the caterpillar you know, crawling in the dirt. And, and, and guys, I have to say, there are two kinds of Christians. When you look at Romans 12, 2, they are caterpillar Christians. And you don't want to be a caterpillar Christian. You're going to church. You're good with religion, good with doctrine. The Bible actually says the traditions of man make the gospel of none effect. But the word that you know will have no effect on you. Just like in Hebrews 2, 4, verse 2, it says they heard the same word. But they didn't mix it with faith and it didn't profit them. Amen. It talks about traditions of man that make the gospel of none effect. And so if we don't allow the word of God to reprogram our thinking, change the way we think. 
And so the way you, the, the, the reason you have to come to church uh, regularly, the reason we, you have to uh, uh, go to live group regularly is so that you can give yourself, watch this now, multiple opportunities to hear something that has the potential to change your thinking. Amen. 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 So you don't go to church to try and earn a brownie point so you can put it on a sticker. Otherwise, you will do all these things religiously and never see any transformation. Growing up, I used to think, man, whenever I went to church, God would give me a, a sticker, a, a little sticker that I can put on my redemption card. And then when I get to 10 stickers, then I can go and redeem myself uh, a blessing. No, that's not how things work. When you come to church, at the top of pro your priority, it should be to say, Lord, can I exchange my thoughts for your thoughts? Fix my thinking. And this is the reason why Jesus' first sermon, the first sermon he ever preached when he walked on the earth, was about thinking. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent there means change the way you think. Essentially, what Jesus was saying was, there is a new dispensation in town. There is a new way of thinking in town, to which, if you adopt it, you will begin to do well. Can I get an amen? And so last week, we talked about how meditation, Christian meditation, is a key to producing this butterfly life. We talked about, you know, uh, Joshua chapter number 1, verse 8. We talked about First uh, Peter Chapter number 4, verse 15, if you are not here, I highly recommend you go check out those teachings. It really goes into detail about why meditation is for us today. Christian meditation is for us today. It is not uh, similar to, you know, Eastern Transcendental Meditation, yoga and stuff. Christian meditation seeks to fill your mind up with the Word of God so that you can produce uh, after its kind. Can I get an amen? And so today we're going to talk about something that if you're not careful, you could mistake it for, you know, something for children, just a little childish. It's not for me. I, I'm, I'm a little deep than, you know, what the pastor is, was talking about today. You could mistake it for that if you're not careful. But this is one of the keys that I believe is connected to Romans 12 verse 2 in terms of the, the ability, the potential and the power to produce uh, uh, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The, the greatest desire of any God-called pastor or spiritual leader is to see transformation in the people that God has called them to lead. It's the greatest desire. It is, it is the, my heart's desire. It is my prayer every single day. That Lord, whoever uh, you give me the opportunity to minister to, my prayer is that their lives turn around. Amen. And we've been seeing many people's lives changed. I was sharing, I mean, Charles here uh, is my uncle. Uncle Charles here is, you know, uh, sharing with me a testimony of how God just changed the way he thinks. And, and in a space of less than three months, he moved from, I'm not mad at you if you stay in Cosmo, but he moved from Cosmo to Hyde Park. Now that will preach. Can I get an amen? In the space of three months, allowing God's word to just change his thinking, there was radical change. Can I get an amen? And, and if God did it for him, guess what? He can do it for you. He's not a respecter of persons. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 11, verse 1 to 6. Find out what this key is. Uh, this is going to help you. It says in uh, verse 1, 
of Genesis chapter number 11, it says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass. I like that statement. You see it everywhere in scripture. It says, and it came to pass. It talks about the process of time. Uh, it's really just an encouraging statement that when things come, they come so that they can pass. Amen. So it doesn't matter where you are right now. It came so that it can it can pass. Don't hold on to it, whether it's good or it's bad. The Apostle Paul says, I forget those things which are behind and press on. Why? Because it came to pass. Can I get an amen? And so it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina, talking about the people of Babel, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, they began to have a conversation, you know. Uh, it's kind of like a, a business proposal. It's kind of like a, a marriage proposal. It's kind of like someone is making a proposal for their future and this one was not a godly proposal but it's interesting the elements in it that we can learn uh, to apply in a positive godly you know proposal it says they say one to another uh, let us make a brick and burn them thoroughly and their brick for stone and slime head for the mortar and they said go let us build us a city and a tower they said they're still talking to each other. Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. I don't know if that's good English. <laughs> the tower that they had built. Past tense, right? And so, the, 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 I want to, I want to, I'm not trying to correct the Bible. I'm, you know, just so you know, I'm not, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm, you know, worthy correcting the Bible. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> New King James says build. So let's go with New King James. So, so, but what's interesting in verse 5, and, and when you read verse 4, it says in verse 4 that, you know, they were still talking amongst themselves. They said one to another, let us start a business. Let us build a city. Now, I'm trying to use these two parallels so you can get what I'm trying to say. They, they began to propose something that they wanted to do with their lives. Now, for these people, it was something crazy. God never wants you to make a name for yourselves. God never wants you to turn any of his creation into a God to worship it. Amen. But we can learn something from this. While they were still talking about it at what we would call, you and I, the proposal stage or proposal phase God came down to see what they had already built pastors he didn't say I came to see what they were planning to do you know why because once you conceive it in your heart it is it that's why scripture says as a man thinks in his heart so is he amen once you conceive it in your heart, Jesus said it like this. He said, if you look at your neighbor hatefully, you haven't even said it. You haven't even done anything to them. He said, if you just look at them hatefully, conceive hate in your heart, you've already committed murder. He's trying to show us that the conception chamber is the heart. And this is what he then says in verse 6. He says, and the Lord said... This is the conclusion that the Lord said. He said, Behold, the people is one. They have all one language. 
This they begin to do. So this, this is, you know, we get a little glimpse of what uh, phase in, in reality that the project was at. They were just beginning. They were still trying to dig the, the, the foundations. But from God's perspective, they had already built it. And he says this. He says this thing which they begin to do and now nothing. Someone say nothing. nothing. Come on, say it like you had breakfast. Nothing. He says nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. The, 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 the peak of, of your thinking is in your imagination. Now, that may sound childish, but I'm telling you, God gave to every single one of us in here the ability to imagine stuff because he wanted to give us the ability, watch this now, to be creative and to shape our future in the way that he would put things in our hearts. As human beings, uh, distinctly, we are the only creation that God has created on the earth. In the animal kingdom, we are the only creation that God has created that have the ability to imagine stuff, to have an imagination, to receive images from another nation, the nation of the future that God has crafted uh, for the earth, for you personally, for your family, and so on and so forth. I can, I can prove that by showing you this, that this is why birds have had the same birth nest design for eons because they can't see beyond what they create through instinct however human beings have the ability through god to see things that aren't present with them so that they can go into uh, action to create them and so god gave you and i an imagination and uh, he says here in genesis 11 verse 6 if you can imagine it Nothing will be restrained which you have imagined. Can I get an amen? And so the word imagination uh, simply means the ability to see something that is not currently present with you. Now, God wants us to see things that are not currently present with us. That's why he gave us this imagination. God wants us to see a future that is bright. God wants us to receive of his word and begin to allow that word, the word of God, to be the paintbrush and the, the, the paint that paints on the canvas of your imagination. Now, the world system, every time you hear a word from the world system or from the kingdom of God, that word is like a, a, a bottle of paint with a paintbrush painting things on your heart. This is why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence because it determines the course of your life. You can't be allowed, Tom, Dick, and Harry, is that, is, that, is that the one? Tom, Jill, Dick? Is that Dick? Tom, Dick, and Harry. Okay, forget that. The hog, <laughs> the cat, and the frog. Don't allow them to paint all kinds of junk on the canvas of your imagination. And this is why, you know, if you look at the movies that they're putting out these days, it, all it is is just a paint, a bottle of paint, and a paintbrush. 
That's all it is. And all they're doing is painting on the hearts of men. They're painting things. Some of the things that they're painting on the hearts of men are contradictory to the word of God. They contradict God's word. And, and, and with that paint, they start painting you. They start painting. And before you know it, you start to soften up on the issue. Just five years ago, you couldn't tolerate none of that nonsense. But because they've been painting new pictures and you've been seeing it long enough and they're painting those pictures, reinforce them. When the paint starts to fade, they come with a new paintbrush and new bottle of paint and paint make it visible uh, they paint those things on your heart all of a sudden you start to tolerate them you start to oh man everybody's doing it can i get an amen, amen. everybody's doing it and god doesn't want that to be the dominant thing that paints on the canvas of our hearts god wants his word to be the one that paints and the dominant factor that paints on the canvas of man you go out and watch movies if it don't matter what you're doing it doesn't matter what you're doing the enemy is trying to shape your thinking he's trying to paint pictures on the canvas of your imagination man you can if you can see it uh, you will become it this is why it says of Jesus, it says Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he saw himself as the solutions provider. He's talking to his disciples, and his disciples realized that there were 5,000 people there, all of them hungry, and they needed food. And they went to Jesus and said, Master, let's send them away so they can go fend for themselves. You know what Jesus said? He said, no, don't send them away. You feed them. Because Jesus saw himself different. And he says, when they said, we don't have anything but uh, uh, two fish and five loaves of bread, he says, give it to me. He took that two fish and the five loaves of bread. Go and read it. He says, when Jesus took it, he looked up. And if you study that word, phrase, look up, is the Greek word anablepo, which means to look into a secondary realm. He was tapping into the secondary spiritual realm to tap into a different picture than the picture that he was looking at in his current situation. Because that thing was trying to paint pictures of scarcity. Two fish, five loaves. What is it amongst many? Just like, you know, I remember uh, when the Lord started, you know, ministering to me about abundance. My bank account was trying to paint on, on the canvas of my heart uh, pictures of, of scarcity and limitation. Every time I would come to church, the pastor would get up and say, God wants you to prosper. He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, instead of me taking that and looking into a secondary realm, glory by his glory, in his glory, I took that and then I would look at my current situation and my effort. And be accounted 417 rand. And I allowed that to paint on the canvas of my imagination. And so everywhere I went, it didn't matter what happened, I had a picture of scarcity, I had a picture of lack. And it turned me into a beggar. Everywhere I go, I was trying to give me some. Can, can you give me some? You got to spare any change? I mean, I'll do it more tactfully than that. Just come next to you and start praying for shoes. Lord, give me shoes. I'll go to some, some rich person in the church. Lord, give me shoes. Lord, you know my shoes are torn. The Lord rebuked me. He said, That's, they're not your supply. I am your supply. But you've got to start learning how to put pressure on my word. And the way you do that is by changing the way you think. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you don't fix your thinking, your life will not change. Now, that should be good news. Because then it means it's not on the government. Can't stop it. I'm the, the thing. Thank God. Amen. It's not on you. You know who is it on? 
When you get home, go to the bathroom, close the door, and go look in the mirror. Whoever you find in the mirror. <laughs> go and peep. You can peep. Just peep. Whoever you find in the mirror. That's the person you should be working. I mean, this could, be a, this could work in a marriage class. Don't work on your wife. Don't work on your wife. Go close the door. Go and look in the mirror. Whoever you find in the mirror, that's who you should be working on. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we're talking about imagination. The word imagination in the Hebrew is the Greek word yester, right? And it simply means uh, uh, to see things that aren't uh, present with you in your, cousin, uh, in your current uh, present reality. Amen? And, and God has given us that, that ability. Uh, this is why I could come to you this morning and say, uh, how many doors are in your house? And, and most of you in an instant, you can literally leave this place and go to your house and count them right now. Most of you can do that. And all God wants you to do is also when he comes to you and he says uh, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter, he wants you to leave your current situation and go into that future where your path is brighter and brighter. Amen. 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 In an instant. And when you start allowing your mind to go into these different places through the word of God, man, I'm telling you, nothing that you will think, nothing that you allow in the conception chamber will be restrained from you. And for some of you, um, I'll, I'll be honest, because it happened to Joseph, for some of you, God may have to wait until you are in your uh, list uh, resistance mode just to get a word in there, just to get a picture in there. It happened in Joseph's life. I mean, Joseph, I'd like to believe Joseph kept resisting existing uh, in the daytime what the Lord and the message that the Lord was trying to get to him. He kept resisting and the Lord waited until he was uh, uh, in a state where he is not defensive. Because life experiences have a tendency to create a defense mechanism that fight the promises of God off. Man, I'm telling you, you read a few articles about your, your metric results and what you qualify for, it will start to create in your life a wall of soldiers that punch and fight anything that is higher than what that article told you and promised you. And people will come to you and say, man, I, I, I think you have a leadership gift in you. Those soldiers will stand up straight and start fighting that idea of woof, 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 woof. leadership will me, no, not me. fight it off. And that's what was happening in Joseph's life. God is trying to show Joseph that I've called you to be a leader and that your family is going to bow down to you. Joseph wouldn't receive it in the daytime. And so God waits until he's at, it's in the night seasons and his conscious mind, if you will, his active mind that's formed after the world is re at rest. And so God slips in a picture. The first picture he slips in is a bunch of sheaves, right? Twelve of them. And they start bowing down. Eleven of them because it was twelve of them in their family. A bunch of sheaves. Eleven of them started bowing down uh, to Joseph's sheave which kept uh, standing and he didn't receive it and so the Lord had to do it again in another time maybe one day two days maybe two three weeks he waited until Joseph went to sleep and this time around it was the sun which was his father the moon which was his mom and 11 of his brothers 11 stars all of them bowing down to Joseph's star and this time he got it he said, he went to his brothers, he said, man, I have, a, I have a leadership gift on my life. His brothers started playing, hating, and because when you start seeing pictures that are bigger than your current realities, it tends to raise some haters. 
Who you think? Who do you think? Who do you think you are? We all, we all, we all grew up in Soweto. Who do you think you are now? You think you can, you can leave us? <laughs> we all grew up struggling, and it can actually become a family heritage if you're not careful. The struggle can become a family heritage. You can carry it from. I mean, the parent, your parents worked with what they could, but it's time somebody puts a full stop at that and put a capital letters on something else that's based on God's word. Amen. Amen. Man, if you're not careful, you could make it a family heritage. I've heard some of my peers, you know, my parents used to say that, you know, a little struggle here and there is good for you. It trains you about life. But if I hear anyone in my age group say that, man, that's crazy. Why would you think that? That's, that's dumb. Dumb to the power too. It's the word of God that trained people, not the struggle. Can I get an Amen. I'm just trying to help you. And so God, for some of you, he's going to have to wait until you go to sleep to, to, to sneak something in there. And I pray that it happens to some of you. Because, man, you're just so stuck with the past uh, uh, limiting pictures, and, and they're limiting your life. They're stopping you from seeing the future that God has for you. And if you can't see it, it doesn't matter how hard you pray. Man, I used to go to, to church with brothers. I mean, my, some of my brothers, I mean, great brothers in the Lord, we would pray. I'm telling you, man, you haven't seen prayer. We would pray all night. But we would not change our thinking, man. We had struggles, and my struggles had struggles on them. We would go to prayer every week. Man, I, I need some more prayer. God is saying, no, the formula to uh, manifesting your life is we, we are so good. We are experts. Christians are experts at trying to invent their own way into things. God was saying, fix your thinking. I was saying, no, I will pray about it. God was saying, fix your thinking. No, I will pray about it. Fix your thinking. I say, man, I'll create another new religious thing to do. Actually, let's now wake up at midnight. Do it at midnight. No, God is saying, fix your thinking. Change the way you think. Line it up with my word. If you don't, if you don't man, I'm telling you, if you don't fix your thinking, start allowing your mind to see different pictures uh, on this thing uh, called life, the outlook of life, man, it can be limiting. I remember when we got married, 20, 2011, you know, Brady and Stacey Speller, they are uh, uh, good friends of ours and they also mentor us in the business side. Actually, Brady was with uh, uh, Michael Dell when he started, you know, Dell uh, Computers in the U.S. He lives in Atlanta with uh, Stacey out there and there's uh, a top, top, top uh, change management uh, industry guru out there. <laughs> I remember the one time I went, I mean, he, he, we're talking top, top dude, right? I went for lunch with him and, uh, you know, they had just offered him a job in, uh, in, in New York, you know, and they had offered him $1.7 million per annum, you know, and we're having lunch and he said, Tavar, they offered me $1.7 million. <laughs> my eyes opened. I said, man, $1.7 million. He said, but I would turn it down. That's, that's, that's money for small boys. He's a big guy. Now, Brad is a big guy. He's the most loving guy you'll ever meet. I mean, he loves to hug people. And, and he's just, you know, and they're mentoring us, right, to try and buy a house. And they're trying to put different pictures. In my mind, you must understand, I grew up in a three-roomed house. And so, so that's all I can see. Just like if I say Apple, what do you see right now? Apple, right? When you say the house, what I saw was a three-room shack. Now, when I say house, what do you see? 
And what you see sometimes can be based on your experience, not on what Jesus paid for. Jesus paid for mansions. And so the limit is not on Jesus, the limit is on us. When Jesus says, you know, this, this, uh, uh, one of, uh, this uh, uh, sheik in, in Saudi Arabia, he had his son go to Germany for, for school, and uh, the son, you know, was complaining because the father had bought him a Ferrari to go to school, and, uh, you know, he said, Dad, I don't want to use this Ferrari anymore because all my friends use the train. And the dad said, no problem, I'll buy you a train then. <laughs> He's thinking at a different level. And he sent his son a message, and he said to him, I'm going to buy you a golf club. The son is thinking a golf club. He didn't mean a golf club. He meant a golf club. Now, here's the question. When God says, I'm going to supply all your needs, what are you thinking? Needs or needs? Because the limiter is not on him. The limiter is on our thinking. The limiter is on us. And we have to start allowing our minds to see different pictures. Can I get an amen? amen? The limit is not on God. The limit is on us. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Let's go to Romans chapter number one. What was I talking about? What story? Did I finish it? Of the house? I didn't finish it? Yeah, we were, I was thinking too small. And we had all kinds of excuses. See, see when, 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 when your pictures are limited, it, it, it provokes you to, to uh, create. You can become creative in, 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 in creating excuses. And developing all kinds of excuses. And so they told us, they said, man, now that you're married, you need to believe God for a house. And every time they would come back and say, how far with the house? We always had an excuse. You know, there's nothing in the market. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's the market's fault. It's that one's fault. Look at that guy. That's his fault. <laughs> and so Stacy got tired in 20, 2011, at, at the end of 20. 2012, at the end of 2012, because I remember because my wife was pregnant and we were sitting at design quarters having lunch and Stacy was tired. She had enough of our excuses. She said to me, you know, what are you looking for? It turned out we didn't even know what we were looking for. We were looking for different things. Amen. I was looking for a house. Three rooms. <laughs> Couldn't find it. And so she said, let's write things down. Let's write things down and see if you will not find it. She asked uh, the, the weight of her napkin, and she started writing things down. She said, what are you looking for? My wife's scared scullery. I want to ask her. I never heard of that scullery. What? <laughs> never heard of a scullery. I don't know what a scullery is. My wife said, I want a scullery. She said, she said uh, uh, put there swimming pool. The only thing I knew close to a swimming pool was a bathtub. That's the only thing I knew. You know, growing up, I never seen a swimming pool, let alone at your house. In fact, all my friends uh, who, who knew someone, not they themselves, they just knew someone uh, who had a swimming pool, say to me, oh, a swimming pool is exp oh, it's expensive to maintain. I said, where did you hear that? You don't have a pool at your house. I said, no, I have a, I have a friend. We have a friend. We have a friend, we have a pool, who told me that it's expensive to run. <laughs> now, the picture was it's expensive if you're not reading Philippians 4.19. Because from God's perspective, it's not a club, it's a club. Can I get an amen? amen. And so we're writing things down, you know, we're writing things down. She said, 
she said she wanted a Palisade fence. She could see it. I'm Palisade fence. I don't know what all of this is. And by the time she finished writing it, uh, Stacy said, "All right, now I want you to see it." <coughs> now that was where I reached my tilt because I couldn't see it. She says, "See it. Close your eyes. Can you see it?" I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't find the mental picture. Thank God I was born in 2023. Yeah. I built for such a time as this because we could go on the internet and pull out some pictures of what we were looking for. And my wife showed me. She said, "This is a scullery." And for the first time, I could close my eyes and see a scullery. And because of that, within seven days, someone say seven days. Now, nothing special about seven. You know, I know someone could try and preach the number seven. And for us, it was just seven days. Within seven days, she walked in and she called me. I was playing basketball. She called me. She said, I think I found it. Something we couldn't find in two years manifested itself in seven days because finally it had been conceived in the heart of our hearts. Man, I'm telling you, if you can't see it, you are the one who's limiting God. Amen. You ought to start seeing some things that are beyond you. Somebody ought to start seeing some restoration. Can I get an amen? amen. Somebody ought to start seeing a marriage made in heaven. Can I get an amen? amen. Somebody ought to see a bright future. Can I get an amen? amen. You ought to see yourself doing something. Amen. I learned this. That the limitation of my life was me. And so, man, I work on me a lot. I work on me because I know I'm the fool. I know that. You may be doing better than me, but I know I'm the problem. I know I need to work on me. I have too many limitations that I need to get over. And sometimes what I started doing, I knew, you know, uh, God had called me to, to, to travel all over the world and, and preach the gospel and so on and so forth. And so what I started to do is uh, uh, because, I, you know, I'm at a stage where I can't afford the, 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 the business. Business? God can. Let me just tell you, it's me. My thinking hasn't just gotten up, uh, caught up with God. Amen. And so what I start doing is I'll join the queue when they say economy people, when they say business class people, I'll join the queue, uh, 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 Cliff, I'll join the queue and, and, and join the queue, but not, you know, right in the middle because they're going to kick you out right at the end where uh, business people end. I'm, I'm going to be the first one in economy too, so, so I can walk behind them, see how they walk. Because if you've never been there, you better find someone who's been there so they can show you how it's done. Watch how they walk. Watch how they, they do their thing. And I'm walking behind them. Oh, this is what they do. And I'm touching all those seats. And yeah, I'm going to be back here soon. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm working on me. Amen. Some of you, you need to put a, 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 a stop to hanging out with your friends who have below average marriages. That's not first class. Find some first class. First class. You see, now I'm preaching. You see, you see now. Yeah, you see, now, now I'm preaching. You see, now I'm preaching. Now, now, now I'm preaching. You see, you see. You see, I was, you thought I wasn't going to start preaching. Now I'm preaching. <laughs> Can I get an Amen. Man, you need to start hanging out with some of your friends who just love scarcity and just, uh, you know, that's their thing. Start getting yourself some people who, who, get, getting, who are allergic to scarcity. In fact, get yourself some people who know how to celebrate good things. 
Yes, you just start walking off. See, because some, some of my friends, I had to leave them. Every time we walk past the, the business class and I'm looking and I'm trying to develop something in me, they're saying, you know what, these people are fools because we're all going to land at the same time. You know, and I'm like, I need to stop talking to you. I need to stop talking. You know, these people are fools. We're, gonna, we're all going to land at the same Like I hadn't thought about that. And I stopped, I stopped hanging around them. Amen. I started hanging around people who, who, just, who just, you know, work with my pictures and at least help me break some of my limits. I'm already coming from far. I'm coming from minus 300. I need some people that can speed this thing up. Can I get an amen? You need to find some people with stories of restoration. Get people who are already complaining and they're saying it's impossible. Man, I'm telling you, you need to go find yourself. I had a friend, he he was smart. He went through a nasty divorce, and when he did that, he started hanging around us. He started hanging around me, Marshall, Pastor H, and so on and so forth. And and, and because he's hanging around people who are married and loving it, right? Enjoying it, and marriage made in heaven, having a good time, God brought some restoration and speedily. He saw this girl, she came, she came, stood right in front of him. She came at the office. Man, married her. Quickly. <laughs> Amen. And they're flying right now. Man, that could preach. Married her. Quick. You heard that? This will preach to the brothers. If you are single and you are a brother at Faithful Church, you need to learn how to marry quickly. I'm telling you, Zane. These brothers pray a lot, man. They're just praying. They're just praying. What are you doing? I'm praying. Pray and watch. You know? Because someone else who joined the church is another unbeliever. Unbelievers move fast. They move fast. He joins the church, gets born again today, sees Sister Sledge, and he likes her. Three months, pastor. And then you start coming to us, pastor, you know. I can't believe this brother did this to me. What? Man, you were praying. Where did I tell you to go? Romans? (laughs) Chapter number one. We're going to end with this. Romans chapter number one. No, I'm all for praying, but pray and move. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm preaching. Man, I'm telling you, these brothers need help. Romans chapter number one, 21. Romans chapter number 121, it talks about the people who, who, who were um, uh, Gentiles disconnected from, from God and, and they started, you know, developing uh, hardened hearts, you know, to a point where they became insensitive to God's word and so on and so forth. But the progression is what I want, uh, I want to show you here. It says because that when they knew God... Uh, you could say when they knew good as well, God is good. Uh, when they knew love, when they knew all these different things that are characteristics of God. He says because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So there was a, 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 a complacency there. There was a, They treated God cheaply. They, treated, they didn't honor him. Man, you need to be careful. Don't ever get around people who dishonor God. And they don't see anything wrong with it. 
because it messes up with their imagination and, and they can start, you know, imagining all kinds of crazy things. You know, the reason why Joseph ran away from Potiphar's wife was not uh, uh, because uh, the place wasn't secret enough for them not to be caught. It was because he feared God. And he said this. He said, why would I do, do such a thing? He didn't even say against Potiphar. He said, why would I do such a thing against my God? You know why? Because he honored God. Man, we are in the dispensation of grace, but some of you take this thing too casually. You just approach God in some kind of way. Man, you got to wake up. God is still God Almighty. The creator of the heavens and the earth. And you can't just show up like you ain't got no sense. I'm just warning you. Can I get an amen? amen? It's God Almighty. And since they knew him as God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. So the second step um, uh, for, for not glorifying God is you become unthankful because you don't see God in everything. You've got to learn to see God's hand in everything. And you do that by glorifying God. Amen? amen. Did you know that it was God who brought you up this morning? Did you know that it is God who, who, who brought you here this morning? It's God who put clothes on your back this morning. Did you know that? It is God who put uh, shoes on your feet. It is God who gave you feet. It is his breath that is in us. And when you start to glorify God, you start to see God in everything. And these people did not glorify God. And because of that, they became unthankful. And watch what it says. They became uh, vain in their imaginations. What that means is uh, they had an imagination that was working against them. Their imagination started working against them. Their mental picture or outlook on life was extremely negative. There are certain people that just see negativity. They, that's all they see and it dominates their thinking. And it just dominates their thinking to the point where they can't function anymore. Well, even though God is doing some amazing things. Man, I could swap my life with theirs. But because they are dominated by negative thinking, they are not thankful and they don't enjoy life. Man, I've seen people that earn 1.2, 1.5 million rand a month who are extremely negative. I'm thinking, what is there to be negative about? <laughs> you know why? Because they don't glorify God and they are not thankful. And everywhere they go, they're just negative. They're just negative. Man, you've got to learn how to cultivate a mental picture that is positive, that sees through the lens of the promises of God. I do that all the time. And it's the, it's the biggest battle you'll ever fight. It is to see yourself in a place where God is calling you. This is why every time God wanted to promote someone, you would go and give them a mental picture. When he went to Abraham, Abraham was in a tent. God could have whispered to him while he was there in the tent and said, Abraham, I want to make you a father of nations. He didn't say that. He said, Abraham, come out of the tent. Get out of the environment that you're in. He says, Abraham came out. He says, look up to the sky. He saw in the expanse of the sky. He says, what can you see? He says, stars. Can you count them? No, I can't. As numerous as they are, so shall your seed be. He's given him a mental picture. So you can see something. See where you're going. 
Man, I have a, a, a thing that I do every time before I go to sleep because I know where God is calling me and, and what God has called me to do, and I have to see it first before I... I, I in fact, you know, next year I'm going to be speaking at Wealth Builders Conference for the third uh, time, you know, uh, in, a, in a row outside of COVID. And, and when I sat there the first time, I remember I was sitting at the back and the Lord began to speak to me. He says, this is why I gave you grace in the marketplace. You're going to be speaking here. The Lord gave me that word, but it was now my responsibility to see my speaking there and I'll close my eyes <laughs> I remember I would sit at my house here close my eyes and if you're struggling with insomnia I'm telling you I'm, I'm about to give you a solution I'll sit in my house and I'll, if it's sleeplessness restlessness and things of that nature this is how you fix it I would sit at my house and I would close my eyes and see myself going to wealth builders to, to preach and I'd carry my bags. I remember I'd pack all my bags and I'd carry my bags and I'd start walking down the, 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 the hallway in, in, in Oil Tambo and I'd go in and check in. And as I finished checking, just before I go through security, the enemy himself would deliver sleep to, to me. The enemy himself. He didn't want me to finish that, 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 that picture. He's like, man, this boy is getting dangerous. He's getting dangerous. He's about to see something. The enemy himself. Man, I'm telling you, if you struggle with sleepless, uh, sleepless nights, restlessness, start closing your eyes and imagining a good life based on God's word. The enemy himself. <laughs> he don't want you to get there. Amen. And so now, now what I started doing is I'd, I'd sleep, you know, halfway. And then when I start the dream the next day, I don't start at home. Because, you know, before that, I hadn't learned that. And so I'd start all over again from home. And so I never got to it. And so I learned, man, I can close my eyes and start where I left off yesterday. I've got to see myself doing it. And man, I'm telling you, if you can conceive it, if you can see yourself in it, nothing will be restrained from you. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Why don't you stand on your feet? Now, for some of you, uh, this is going to sound, you know, childish, pastor, why should I be doing that? And, you know, uh, uh, you know I don't want to do any of that. I just want to, you know, go on and live life the way I was living it. That's all right. That's all right. But I'm telling you, God has given us an avenue out. It says in Hebrews 11:15, talking about the children of Israel, it says, and truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to return. See, whatever picture you're allowed to dominate your thinking, man, that's where your steps are going to start walking in that direction. And you and I have to allow the, the promises of God's word, of God's peace, the, the, the things that Jesus promises us in his word, we have to allow those things to dominate our thinking. We have to think about them consistently and constantly. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now this is something practical uh, that you can do in your prayer time. It is to see yourself. What did Jesus say? He says, I only do the things which I see my father do. Where did he see his father do it? In the imagination. He would allow God to play act it in his imagination. And then when he did it in the natural, he had already seen it in his imagination. He said, I only do the things which I see my father do. Man, the only pictures you should allow in your thinking are the ones that the Father has preordained for your life. 
now this is one area that i don't practice as much as i should that's my only regret it's not that i started it's that i don't do it enough and if your life right now is on ground zero you are at the perfect place to start doing this because it's going to cost you absolutely zilch to start imagining some stuff you know we believe in god for a church building right now i've already built and destroyed about five buildings in my imagination and it's cost me zero dollars you know i remember five years ago i built this one beautiful it had glass doors on it everywhere beautiful air conditioning i got tired of it in 2019 i tore it down and i built a different one that's the good news is that with your imagination man you can build all kinds of things allow your imagination to be the foundation to which you build your life can i get an amen i said amen that's what you got to do and so five ten minutes before you go to sleep close your eyes see some stuff now if you run into tilt thank god we live in 2023 you can go and print some stuff I remember when I started the gym regiment, you know, I, I couldn't see myself having lost weight and, you know, having a six pack. So I went on Pinterest and I pulled out uh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> and I printed him, cut out his face and I put mine. <laughs> and so every time I would look at that picture, I didn't, I wasn't looking at Vin Diesel. I was looking at me, my future. And it informed my present. Every time I touch a donut, I think, but I, I'm, I'm Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel doesn't eat donuts. Can I get an amen? You are, you, are, you are to see yourself. If you are young and you're believing God for a scholarship, go on the internet. Type scholarship. Print that certificate. Get some tippets. Put your name on it. Put it somewhere where you can see it. Put it in a frame. We've done that. My wife and I printed uh, 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 title deeds. We printed title deeds before we paid off. Some of these properties were on the journey. We had never seen a title. How are you going to believe for something you haven't seen? Print that thing. Put, put, put our names on it. Ooh, for the first time I saw my name on a title. They did something on the inside of me. You can do it for visas. Man, you believe in God for, for all kinds of stuff, approvals with banks. Man, you close your eyes, you put your name, ooh, you receive it. You start dancing like it's already here. That's what faith does. It celebrates before the thing comes. Some of you aren't celebrating because you aren't seeing it. Amen. I said amen. Man, you, 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 you see, if you want to run that uh, comrades marathon, right? Go and see other people doing it and finishing. And then see yourself. See yourself. What would I do on that? See yourself running that last 200 meters. What would I do on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then see yourself dancing and ululating. 200 meters. If you don't see yourself on that last 200 meters, you will quit on the 35 kilometers. See yourself finishing. Man, I, I already know exactly how I'm going to enter heaven. When, uh, when, when God says, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant, I have a dance for it. I'm going to do Michael Jackson moonwalk. I know, I know exactly how I'm going to go in. I, I, it's all planned. You got to see yourself. 
Amen. You gotta see yourself. When when our children were born, when our children were born, I was in there already. This little baby, the doctor must have thought I'm crazy. I already saw how awesome and how how competitive and how much of a world changer they were. I remember I was holding them. I had a speech. So I'm prophesying now. I'm holding them in my hand. I said, "You are Munesu, You are a world changer. You you are a winner. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you are a fighter. You're gonna change the world." Man, you, you, you are the head and not the tail. Above only and every beneath. Man, say all these things. I'm holding it in my hand. The doctor's thinking, what kind of weird guy is this? But I'm working on something. You got to start seeing yourself different. Amen? Amen. As I'm telling you, as you get home tonight, work on something. Work on a project. Start seeing new pictures. Start seeing new pictures. Where you're going to be. Start seeing new pictures. Some of you, you live alone and uh, you're believing God for a husband or a wife. Walk into the house. Hey, good afternoon, honey. Ha! What's for dinner? Ha! What's for dinner? Are we going out to eat? See, see, I'm trying to activate you. See, because most of you just sleepwalking through life. You just, you need to, you need to awaken. And see these things. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Man, see yourself. Man, they, my, my friends, the, my real friends, the ones I grew up with, they never thought anyone could own a car. So I had to kind of fight through that, that battle, let alone a big car. You know, because they're talking about, no, you don't want that. You know, it's, they, they got, you see, that one is... Is, is bad in service. See, because they used to buy them with 600,000 kilometers. Say, you know, a Toyota is bad service. Yeah, because you bought it with 530,000 kilometers. Now I'm buying it brand new. You know, this one has problems. Yeah, you bought it when it was, you are the seventh person. Now you're trying to put your experience on me. Man, I'm telling you, you got to be careful what you're allowed to paint on the canvas of your father in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Lord, I thank you for these, your precious children. I thank you, Father, for the faculty of their minds, their hearts. I thank you, Father, that you're giving them brand new hearts, even as you say it in your word. That you wash away all sin. Lord, I thank you that all sin, every time they miss the mark, all limitations are being wiped away uh, from the canvas of their hearts. Lord, I thank you that they will walk out of here with brand new canvases with nothing painted on it, ready to be painted by the word and the promises of God. New possibilities for these, your precious children. I thank you, Father, that their seed will not lack. Their seed will not beg for bread. And, Father, that they will see themselves in a light and a future of abundance. A future filled with opportunities. A future of restoration. A future of peace. I thank you, Father, that these, your children, will not despair. I thank you, Father, that their future is bright in you. Even in, in, in the verse that we heard uh, Jabu read today, Lord, we just stand on that verse that the path of the righteous keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Lord, I thank you that everyone under the sound of my voice, their path will get brighter and brighter. Those that are struggling with limiting beliefs, we break them in the name of Jesus.
those that are struggling with sickness and disease, we break it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for good health. Those that are struggling with worry and stress and anxiety that uh, uh, wakes them up in the night seasons, gives them restlessness and so on and so forth, we break it in the name of Jesus and replace that with good, godly thoughts, good, godly pictures that say, see, I've given you this land. That say, see, I'm giving you a future and a land that flows with milk and honey. I thank you, Father, that none under the sound of my voice will be stuck in the wilderness of despair. But, Father, that they will see through into a different realm. That they will see through even as Jesus took the two five, two fish and the five loaves of bread and looked up, Lord, I thank you that we are all looking up for our redemption is here. Thank you, Father, that we are not those that will look around and say there are giants in the land, but we are those that will look up and say we are well able. Thank you for doing it. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone say, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, even when the Lord wanted Peter to learn about the Gentiles getting born again, did you know the Lord caused Peter to faint or sleep? Because if God had come to Peter while he was awake, he would have fought that off with some doctrine. And say, God, you are wrong. He would have said that. And so God put uh, uh, Peter in a faint uh, uh, position, and then he dropped a ship from heaven with all kinds of pork pork foods, pork products. And Peter said, I can't eat this. This is vile. And the Lord said, eat that. I've consecrated it. And Peter ate that and the Lord turned around and he said, in a vision now, and he said, the same way you ate that is the same way I've consecrated the Gentiles. And because of that, Peter could receive it when Paul came preaching the message to the Gentiles. Even with Peter, Peter needed a vision. He needed to see something. Amen. I'm telling you, if Peter needed it, you and I need it. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.